If you don't shoot, you won't kill it. Look here, Tom. It's like this. Bill, we fucked up. Fucked up bad. Tell me something encouraging. You say you're not supposed to leave elk to find elk. And could that not be any more true in this situation? This podcast is brought to you by Right to Bear. Located in Alpine, California, hit up Trent and Andrew for all your equipment, ammo, and firearm needs. Guys at Right to Bear are the best that San Diego has to offer and can line you up for success at the range or smashing that buck of a lifetime. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. Real quick, before we dive into this episode, I want to touch on uh, the fact that Willow Creek Archery is now officially open. They have been open for a couple weeks now and that their grand opening is July 23rd. So if you're hearing this podcast, hopefully I get it out to you um, with enough time for you guys to make make plans and, and arrangements to, to get on up there and check it out. The grand opening, I believe, starts at 11 a.m. Um, it's super cool. It, Brett's got a good thing going on up there. He's got uh, a ton of vendors coming in. Um, I'm actually going to be there. I'm going to be set up, so if you guys want to come in, shake hands and meet and talk about the podcast, you know, this little old podcast, whatever, no big deal. Just cruise on in and we'll talk. Um, that being said, um, Brett has a taco cart there for everybody. Uh, he's actually giving away door prizes, and there's a sweet raffle, a sweet raffle that's going to take place. So if you're available and free, come on in and uh, check it out. Check out the new shop. Check out the staff. Um, he's got like a hundred bows on the bow rack. It's in, it's insane. Uh, so just cruise on in. I'm pretty, I'm pretty pumped on it. And the fact that it's a local shop right next to my house makes it even better. <laughs> you know, it's, it's super cool. So real quick, the door prizes, um, he's going to be giving away hats, victory arrows, a morel target, some broadheads, um, a couple badland packs, uh, a one year membership to Riverside Archers. Uh, SKB case or two, um, some Havilon knives, some Willow Creek archery hats and shirts, just some local swag, and then the raffle. <laughs> the raffle is is pretty badass, and if you guys are looking for a new bow, obviously go in and check out what he's got going on. All the top names are there. Picked up Matthews, got Hoyt, got PSE, got Bowtech, got them all, right? But the raffle is a fully set up PSE Evo XF. Now, I don't know about you guys, but even the chance to win that bow, right? I just go on in and check it out. So, that being said, this podcast is super cool. I, uh, I've i actually turned into a big predator hunter as of late. I've been slowly but surely getting into it, and it seems like as the days go by and the summertime uh, increases in heat, I turn into more and more of a predator hunter, <laughs> and, and that's just fact. And on the other line... Um, I got this guy, his name's Case, Case Covington. He's got a YouTube channel called On Stand Videos. Kid's a killer, flat-out killer. That being said, Case, tell the listeners who you are and what you're all about. All right, well, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, my name's Case Covington. Uh, I am the, uh, I don't know what you call it, owner or founder of On Stand Videos. I've uh, been making YouTube videos for a couple years now. 
Um, I think we're right at, I think it's our second year, um, primarily predator hunting. Um, I mean, I'm definitely get down on some turkeys and, uh, um, you know, deer hunt as well, but, you know, I don't have as much success deer hunting. So we, uh, we definitely, we focus on predators. Um, you put it as bang dogs. I kill coyotes. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I like to kill coyotes. Uh, man, that's my, uh, that's my, that's my passion. So, and then, uh, I kind of found passion in filming as well. So, uh, combining those two things, I mean, there's nothing better than getting out and, you know, filming your stands. And, um, like I said, on case I'm with, uh, on stand videos. I right. appreciate you having me on. Yeah, man. No problem, dude. My, my listeners, we, we've done one other, uh, predator podcast and mm -hmm. that was with ross from call in the country and yeah i listened to that man that was awesome i checked him out after that that was, that was cool dude ross is a cool dude like super cool mm -hmm. guy and um he had a ton of insight but he obviously you're on the east coast and ross is out here on the west coast well he's in arizona but um right yeah it's 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 not like i don't know how to say it man it's not like there's a i've never called on the east coast but watching your videos, it's all the same stuff, right? Like you're calling coyotes, you're calling dogs. But I feel like it's right. a little bit different. I, I just it, – It definitely is. So, uh, yeah, for anybody who doesn't know, I'm in Kentucky. I'm in central Kentucky. Uh, it's definitely different than out west. Uh, you know, there's not a coyote in every other ditch. Uh, we definitely have coyotes. We have plenty. But uh, I'm not saying, you know – all places have coyotes in every other ditch, but, uh, you know, there's pockets here and there. So it's definitely different. And it's, you know, a lot of rolling hills, a lot of hollers. You can hunt from uh, the thickest of thickets. You can go to mountains or you can hunt. I mean, you might have a 500 acre bottom. So, I mean, it's in Kentucky, you never, you know, it's just, it can be anything. Right. Right. Absolutely. It, and dude, we, so have you ever been on the West coast? I have not. Kentucky is far West as I've gone. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, listen, I would dude. love to. We go east mainly, dude, east you got, and south. We hit Florida a little bit. You'll have to check it out at some point. You know, Southern California, oh, yeah. the, the terrain is so it's so diverse. It's really weird, man. Like we got mountains. Oh yeah. That some mountains are super rad and like wide open, and and mm -hmm. you can glass for days, and then you got certain other mountains that are just like completely choked with chaparral brush and and just nasty thick stuff that's like really. It's impenetrable to people for sure, you know. Um, right. I mean, game runs around through that stuff, but they have their own ways, you know. But, you know, and then we have lowland deserts and, and high deserts, and, dude, we got the coast. It's 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 crazy. But you're dude, right. You got it all as well. Dude. Yeah, it's just totally different. And that's the thing, man. Coyotes will live anywhere. They do. They will tuck up anywhere. I mean, there's pictures, uh, there's pictures and videos of them behind dumpsters in Chicago or New York. You know, they're everywhere. Dude, I ain't kidding you when I tell you this stuff, man. Like, so I live in a pretty suburbia, right? Like, I don't have, like, downtown San Diego type living, but I live in a community where it's like, dude, my neighbor's, like, eight feet on the other side of my house, you know? Like, wow. I, I, we got yeah. nobody, you know? I, we don't got any yeah. room here. But anyways, I've literally walked my dog down on our main street, dude, with my wife, and here comes two, two coyotes, dude, running down our street, just bombing down the street with a cat in its mouth within one of their mouths That's like they, these crazy. things dude they're like all over the place here man it is insane and it's it's crazy yeah, because like uh like you're saying oh you got little pockets of coyotes you know but down here it seems as if coyotes are on every corner now now i will tell you this much that me and brian um my old partner in the podcast he 
we went out the other night and we had done some e-scouting. We're like, dude, this place got to have some dogs, right? Like we're, we're going to go smash them. So we went out, man. And, and we called for a few hours, man, different stands, different locations in this general area. It was probably like a five square mile area. It was huge. Mm-hmm. Not one dog came in. Wow. And now we were like, we were kind of worried. We we're like, dude, what's going on? Like the wind wasn't perfect. But we had some stands where, like, the wind was perfect and everything was should have lined up. I mean, Man, that that right there is cow hunting, Tootsie. I went out Saturday. I think I texted me. I, I went out Saturday morning, uh, fresh farm. I mean, it's not. I think me and my father-in-law called it probably two or three years ago. So you know, it's got fresh dogs on it. Well, we I called it by myself. And man, I had I made two stands on it. Five hundred acres. I made two stands on it with perfect wind. And you've never picked a better, you know, scenery and just completely dry. There's nothing. Nothing. It's just, that's kind of hunting. That's kind of hunting. I feel like it is, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I, I will tell you this much, though, like elevation out here. You know, what I have found out and then and then my good buddy, my good buddy, Timmy, um, he's a hardcore fucking dog killer as well. And he'll tell you flat out, like, they're either there or they're not, right? And, and we Oh, that's right. We we just for whatever reason like our higher elevations just have a lower density of dogs. They, they just do. They just yeah. It's yeah. Real, it's you wouldn't think that was the case because you know there's tons of food up in in the higher elevations up here. You know like you would think like it's just dog heaven. Now I'm not saying they're not there, and I'm not saying that the guys that I know don't shoot them out of there. Um, but it, it, generally speaking, lower elevations, man, is where we're killing these dogs. And I think too, I think people don't may not realize that I think coyotes like to be around people, oh, yeah. uh, just because you know that is where the you know cats and stuff are scrap food. I mean, coyotes eat anything. I kill a lot of coyotes, you know, where there's a house probably within you know two three hundred yards away. Um, it just seems like they stay in those pockets, kind of near people because they know worst comes to worst, you know, there's food around. Right. Yeah, it, dude. Like I said, that one farm that I just called, man, it's out in the middle of nowhere. Like, it, it would be deer turkey heaven. It's out in the middle of nowhere. I figured, you know, I hit my first howl. I figured coyotes were going to light up all around me. Right. And, man, I mean, I didn't hear a thing. It's crazy. No, no shit, huh? It's crazy. Yeah, that that's uh, that's pretty crazy. Well, I don't I don't want to say that because it's the same thing out here, dude. We Like, yeah, man, that's the same thing out here. At least what I've been finding, at least lately, uh, we'll go to an area that is like pristine, prime coyote habitat, flat valleys, like rolling hills, mm-hmm. walking in. It, I mean, you see, you see cottontails running around, you see signs, yeah. you see it all, man. And then the dogs just don't come in. But yet I, I go out of town a half a mile and I do some urban dogging with a shotgun. Right. And you mm-hmm. slam them every time, dude. Like, yep. you see, got, okay. Last Last weekend, I went out. Uh, I don't summertime hunt a lot, but I've been going, you know, last month. So I've been, you know, going quite a bit. Well, I went out last weekend, and I kind of thought of you. I should have had a shotgun. Yeah. Um, I uh, I drove to my cousin's farm. He's got a uh, little house and 200 acres. He doesn't live there, but he's got people that rent it. So I had just made a dry stand. It wasn't really a dry stand. I walked in. There was a coyote in the field, and, he, you know, he took off running. It ended up dry. Well, I drive down there just for giggles because it was one of the only stands I had that my wind was right. And I was like, all right, I'll, I'll hop down this creek, sit in this bottom, see what happens. The house is 200 yards behind me. I just drive up, get out, get my gear out. I play that first how, and two packs light up. One probably within 150 yards, and one was probably 300 yards. 
to my left. So I sit, you know, I sit there for a minute and I play a, uh, I think it's a mom pup serenade. And before I can get the call muted, those two coyotes were in the field, just mocked in, flying. Yeah. And I mean, I look behind me, you know, I look behind me and the house is there. Like you can see it. Right. You know, they've got dogs and everything. So it's just, it's funny where they like to tag up and where they like to put their dens. I don't know if there's any rhyme or reason to it. Um, but I'm telling you, you know, people think you have to have 300, 400 acres in the middle of nowhere. Somebody gives you the opportunity to cow hunt on their property. I don't care if it's five acres. Get out there. You can probably kill a cow on it. Oh, yeah. I, it, it's, uh, especially out here, man. Like, I, and you, I, I feel like if you came to the West Coast, you'd be like coyote killing champion. You know, I mean, I'm not kidding you. If you're willing, you know, yeah. like just because you the dog hunting out there seems as if it isn't as productive as it is in here, especially out of or over here, especially out of the conversations that me and you have had numerous times, is like mm-hmm. you just don't have the numbers that I seem to see out here, and like with what my buddies seem to see out here, right? And and right, and th- that's true. I, well, and it's like our one buddy. Are our buddy? Well, I haven't even done it yet with them, you know. But uh, they like to they like to hunt night. They like to run out and hunt nights, right? And they'll, mm-hmm. they'll go lighten them up. And um, dude, they'll call in shit. They'll call. They'll go out and they'll run for like six hours, dude. And they'll call in multiple mm-hmm. dogs like throughout the night, you know. Right. Whereas, well, like, and you know, go for it, dude. There's guys. There's guys that uh, out here that put up consistent numbers, and I also too. I think that it varies, you know, just by your general location too and how many people are uh, out calling. You know, I see that my success, you know, I stay pretty consistent in the fall and uh, and and winter stay pretty consistent killing. There's guys out here that, you know, go out, and, you know, they kill a dog every couple of days um, in the summer. But, I, you know, it's, it's pretty challenging, I think. Yeah. Um, I, I just see I, – I tend to see – or I – tend to believe that out west there's definitely maybe a higher number mm-hmm. uh, of cows but or maybe they're just easier to call i'm not sure i mean they're definitely sometimes you know sometimes you have those dumb cows out here that you know make it look easy sometimes you got to work for them right it's, uh, i think it's all really just uh it just depends on where you're at yeah i think so too man i mean it's, it's i feel as if predator hunting is getting more and more popular I mean, just with YouTube. Alone, oh, it's growing, dude. It, it it's is. Growing and so out bad. here, dude, we got predator hunting, like predator clubs that they all get together once a month and, you know, really? eat, eat dinner and hang out and talk about where they're going to mm-hmm. go smash dogs at. You know what I mean? Wow. Like, yeah, they, it's, mm-hmm. it's a big thing out here. And, um, mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I've been shooting coyotes since I've been hunting, but I haven't been calling mm-hmm. them in and smashing them. It would always be like, oh, I'm out deer hunting. There's a, there's the dog. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, that's how. I mean, my whole hunting career, I killed more coyotes, you know, deer hunting than I ever did coyote hunting. You know, I would whenever until I would get really into it and really got into filming coyote hunting, Mm -hmm. I would, you know, I would kill more coyotes just being in the stand with a bow, you know, and see a coyote running by, you know, lip squeak it, get it in, shoot it with a bow. Um, I probably I I killed tons of coyotes like that. Wow. Um, Well, and then I kind of I got into it big time. I it, I had, uh, I grew up on 30 acres here in uh, Kentucky, and I've lost two dogs to coyotes, just, you know, a packing mm-hmm. breeding season. Right. I had a uh, little miniature pincher and then a, a beagle that ended up getting getting killed. So I was like, well, I'm going I'm to try and call call one. And, uh, man, when I called that first coyote in, I was like, 
Right. Dude, it's it's crazy out here. California's like so hit or miss on coyotes. And um, Mm -hmm. everybody on like, you know, the ring camera, right? You know, dude. So everyone out here is on ring cameras. And it's funny if you watch your neighborhood, people like post, you know, like, oh, watch out. There was a wild coyote in my yard. Right. And they'll (laughs) post the video. And and then like you just laugh because you're like, yeah, they're looking for your cat, dude. You know, yeah, and, yeah. and I always, yeah. I always like comment on it. I'm like, shoot that son bitch, you know, and people always yeah. comment the down. Same antis that don't want you to. Yeah. Why would you shoot that wild animal? It's just looking to live. But then like, you know, they're all posting missing cat fucking signs and missing yeah. dog signs, you know? And you're like, where do you think they Your went? cat ain't wandering. It's gone. Yeah. yeah it got, cat's not wandering around. It's gone. Dude, it got munched, you know? So it, it's, yep. it's Absolutely. crazy. It, you know. I, if I have an opportunity to smash a dog, um, I will be done. Yeah. It's gotta be done. You gotta do it, you know? And and that's just the way it is. They're not going to go away. Like you're, they're like rats, you know, you're not going to get rid of coyotes. That's the fun. That's my favorite part about it is, um, you couldn't go out, you know, even if there was no regulations on deer and turkey, you couldn't go out and do what you do to deer and turkey that you do to coyotes. And, keep your numbers oh yeah um i mean last year i killed nine coyotes off of one uh, 80 acre farm and they just keep packing in oh no shit huh yeah you couldn't go out and kill eight gobblers on one farm and expect to still have got you know tom turkeys running around no shot yeah yeah i mean definitely for whatever reason it's, it's almost like the second you start shooting coyotes off a specific piece of property just new ones move in it's not like they, it's, oh, they do. you know, it's not like there's like, oh, there's 50 of them that live on this farm. It's like, oh no, there's a pack. Or oh, there's a group. Exactly. You smash them in the new alpha moves in and whatever it is, you know? Yeah. There's several articles talking about, you know, resident coyotes and transient coyotes. Uh, they say a uh, transient will replace a resident coyote within two to three weeks after the, uh, the resident dies. Really? Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's pretty crazy, man. That dude. That being said, all that stuff. Real quick, dude. What made you start your channel? Okay, so I have always, always loved filming uh, my hunts, but I just never took myself serious with it. And uh, my best friend since high school, Tanner, uh, he's like, man, I really want to get into filming, uh, filming hunts or whatever. And it just happened. I think fall around. Uh, fall around the time that I would hunt coyotes. I was like, all right, let's go out. We'll film, uh, we'll film a couple stands. Well, we ended up calling in a dog and we filmed it on my wife. My wife's a photographer. We filmed it on her camera in video mode. Shaky as can be. I mean, the gun, when it goes off, the tripod like shakes, it yeah. looks terrible. It's actually still up on YouTube. I'll leave it up forever. Cause it's my first coyote on film. Yeah. Um, you know, I, it's so uncomfortable talking to the camera. Well, I put that out and people were like, oh, this was really cool. Well, it just kind of kept growing and every video just, you know, seemed to get better and better and better. Um, so I just fell in love with filming hunts, being able to, the way I look at it too is, you know, my daughter, she's pushing two years old. When I'm, whenever I'm, you know, 40 or 50 and, you know, she's an adult grown up, I can, you know, show her these videos and say, this is what I was doing when you were in diapers. Um, you know, I just yeah. find it amazing because how many times do you, uh, you know, talk about a hunt? where only you and, you know, Brian or, you know, Ryan, the guys that you hunt with, only you two can remember it. You can only explain it to somebody so good. Right. So, you know, somebody can, if I kill a color face coyote, right, I can right. be telling about it and be like, well, actually, you know, check this out. You know, I got it on video. Right. Um, 
and people enjoy that, dude. Because I mean, not you don't always get to go out uh, and hunt. We all have lives, so people love to you know live through other people. That's what I do. I love watching people on YouTube go out and smash coyotes and turkeys and deer. Um, so it just I found it fun to uh, put this stuff out, see people enjoy it. I'm nobody to you know listen to. I'm learning. Um, I found decent success in killing coyotes, and so if if my videos can help people. I'm pumped about that. Right. If not, just, you know, enjoy the ride with me and uh, keep growing. That's the, that's the fun of it, really. Dude, I'm telling you, you hit it right on the head. Um, not everybody can hunt, every, like, every day. Like, not everybody can mm-hmm. hunt once a once a month, you know. Um, very, mm-hmm. very few people do I know that actually get a hunt as much as I do, and I feel as if I'm super fortunate, right? And um, Right. It, I don't ever take it for granted. And – Right. There are a ton of guys that literally live vicariously through, you know, for example, your channel, this podcast, other podcasts, other YouTube channels. They just sit back and they just watch it at night because it's like, oh, you know, the daily grind. They just don't have the time or they're raising a young family or maybe financials are in the way or whatever it is. And I YouTube's like the greatest thing. I, I'm not kidding. Oh, yeah. Man. It's so badass. And it, and it allows individuals to learn by watching. Right. And, and I've learned tons of stuff off of YouTube. Right. Well, and so I, I was looking at just my channel analytics the other day. I think the majority is either 30%. I think it's right around 30% of my viewers are over 55 years old. So to me, you know, that's the guys that don't get to go out and do it as much. Or maybe they, I've had several of them comment and be like, man, I used to love coyote hunting or, or, you know, if I could still get out there and do this, I would, or, you know, I lost the family farm that I was hunting on, blah, blah. Um, so I feel like maybe that's what I watched YouTube for was to live through people. Because whenever I was a kid, I didn't have any land. You know, I, right. I had, I grew up on 30 acres, but it's 30 acres of just pasture surrounded by nothing. There was no hunting on it. Right. Um, you know, I would, I would go out and pretend like I was hunting, but I would never kill anything. Right. Um, and then whenever I was 12, I knocked on my first door. Uh, my uh, my neighbor, he's basically, I attribute all my hunting to, to him. When I was 12, I knocked on on his door. He's got, luckily, he's got like 700 acres uh, right beside me. And I asked him, I was like, Mr. Nolan, do you care if I uh, bow hunt? I'll just hunt on this one little section or whatever. And uh, he's like, yeah, that'd be fine. He's an older guy. He's passed away now, rest his soul. But uh He's been let, you know, him and his family has been letting me hunt since, uh, since I was 12 years old, man. And I'm 25 now. So 13 years, um, they, I attribute a lot of what I do to them. Right. And, uh, he gave me that confidence to be able to knock on other people's doors. So, you know, uh, people around here don't get scared when you see a little 130 pound kid knocking on your door. I'm just asking if I can count. Right, right, right. Uh, <laughs> I get her. I try and get around and do that as much as I can. Oh yeah, dude. And listen, I, uh, I knock on doors. I'll talk to any ranch hand I can find. I just, I mean, oh, yeah. listen, I, you cannot be scared to be told no. Flat out. No. Like, you, I've been, no. man, check it out. <laughs> Real quick. I was told no my whole life mm-hmm. growing up, right? My mom was telling me no yeah. my whole life. Man, I still yeah. get told no by my old lady right now. Right? <laughs> Dude, ask, ask <laughs> my old lady tells me no all the time. Right. You know, so it's like, what's the difference, right? Just go I'm out not scared and, of a no. Yeah, I, I'm not scared of a no. And you know what? It's opened Here's up a lot of Here's what a no leads to. 
so I got one of that farm that I killed nine coyotes on last year. I uh, I've known I've grown I grew up in a small community, but I've known the guy forever. One day I saw his truck down at his little farmhouse. He rents it out, but I saw his truck down at the farmhouse. So I stopped and talked to him, and I was like, "Sir, would you mind if I turkey hunt?" This was before I was huge into coyote hunting. Right. I was like, "Sir, would you mind if I turkey hunt?" He's like, "No, I just uh, he said, I just told somebody no last week, so I really feel guilty if I tell you yes." Um, I was like, "I understand, no problem." I said, "I uh, I said I really like to hunt coyotes too." I said, "If you have a uh, if you have any issues, just give me a call." And he's like, "Well, you know, not right now, but if you know if I need something, I'll call you." It wasn't about, uh, well, so turkey season in April. So he was cutting hay in, I'd say probably July. And I get a phone call from him. He said, Case, I just saw seven coyotes running in my backfield. He's like, you got to come out here. I was like, okay. So I come out there, kill a couple coyotes. You know, I probably only killed two over the next three months, two or three, something like that. And uh, what it leads to next April, I was talking to him about coyotes and I asked him, I was like, well, would you mind if I come back here and turkey hunt? He's like, well, since you killed them coyotes, that's fine. So I went back there and I tagged out in two days oh, yeah, on turkey. So, oh, man. That, you know, never be afraid of a no because eventually a good amount of the time it does turn into a, well, yes, you can do this for this weekend or something. And that's all it takes. I mean, right. that's all it takes is for, you know, uh, one weekend of coyote hunting, you know, get yeah. you in there. Get you in. It, it, they, they see it. You're respectable. <clears throat> you produce. You know, yeah, it makes it happen. Absolutely. You know, that, that's all it really takes. And like you said, that's what a no got you, you know? Oh, that, yeah, absolutely. That, that's quite a bit, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Dude, mm-hmm. Um, how, like, let's get into more technical things, okay? All right. This coming yep. from a newer coyote hunter to a more experienced coyote hunter like yourself, right? All right, you, what you got? I always hear you shouldn't call a stand more than once, right? In X amount of time, right? Mm-hmm. How often... Are you calling the same stand? Okay. So right now it's summer. I'm going to just try, if I'm calling a stand, I'm just going to hunt it probably once this summer. Um, I'm not going to burn it up just because I'm fortunate enough to have uh, enough ground that I can rotate. Now in the wintertime, um, you know, I start pouring it heavy to them after deer season. So around December, I will hunt the same farms probably every three weeks. If I've got two weekends in between, I feel confident enough to go back in there and call. Oh, really? Um, on, yeah, on certain stands. Now, there's some stands that I'll only call, you know, once a winter just because it doesn't hold a lot of dogs. Right. Um, but, but like that one that I killed nine off of last year, why would I not keep coming back and pouring it to them? Right. Because I know on the back of that farm, there's like a hundred – it's probably a 150 foot drop off that if you were, you were an hour trying to go on that drop off, you'd have to get on your hands and knees. It just holds coyotes. Oh, uh, really? Okay. They just rotate. Yeah. They just rotate in and out of there. So I call that stand roughly every three weeks. Now, some of my other farms, I only call once a month. So in my opinion, if you're willing to change your sequence, now if you're the same guy that goes out and plays KG Cottontail every single time that you're on stand, right. yeah, you're probably not going, you're going to kill the first or second time you go out there and then you're just going to go out there and burn your ground. Right. But if you're willing to change where you make the stand and what you're playing, I, I'd call it, you know, if, if I only had seven or eight properties, I'd probably, I'd hunt every three weeks until it just, you know, obviously was not working. Right. Right. Yeah. See, like I have a handful of spots that I like to call. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I have, I can be honest with you, and I can tell you that my most productive spot 
I have called that thing since. I'm trying to think. Handful of months. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I think we shot the first dog off that thing back in January or February when we, when we shot mm-hmm. the first dog off that thing. And I've called it at least once or twice a month since then. And it still mm-hmm. produces dogs. Now, I'm not going to say I smash them every time they come in, which, you know, it actually right. leads into like shit. You know, you really got to kill these things when they come in. But that's worse, you know. Exactly. So that stands really good because if you're calling coyotes and you're not killing them, and then you're still coming back dude, and calling them in. Yeah, and you I, know something right. And you're I doing something right, dude. And I ain't talking about just smashing one dog. Like one dog comes in and and that's it, right? Or it like comes in, yeah. and hangs up. Like no, dude, we're calling in doubles and triples coming in at a time, mm-hmm. and it has done this every time. Like I think the only time I've ever like only got one dog coming in was the last one. That video that I sent you. That last one yeah, I just sent yeah. you, you know? And wasn't that the same stand? It just looked like the same stand yeah. where I called that uh, triple. I don't know, when I was I think when I was yeah, when I was in Florida, you uh called that triple in. Yeah. And and that's the worst thing. And dude, you know what the shittiest part about that is? I haven't even said it to the listeners. That's what a that's what a video camera does. It makes you fail. Oh yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Like Oh yeah. I smashed a double last weekend if I didn't have a camera. Yeah, I, mean, I was dude, you know kicks me right in the teeth i'm telling you dude the way that those dogs ran in dude i could have smashed a triple with my shotgun and it, and it was like mm-hmm. all because i wanted to get it on camera you know and part mm-hmm. to be honest with you partially i did it because of you <laughs> i wanted to be able to send a video <laughs> to you and me smashing a dog with a shotgun you know like but I, yep. it just it happened so fast and then by the time i was on them with the camera on they were already at like 80 yards and i'm like well right. shit you know now you're like so that's so far. I know guys will dump them at 80 yards. And listen, believe me, I, I'm running dead coyote loads through my shotgun. Yeah. If that dog yep. stood there broadside long enough, I probably would have just cracked one off at right. it. Um, but right. I would definitely wouldn't have got a triple out of it, you know. But when they come yeah, in yeah. at 30 yards, all three of them right there, it's like past shooting ducks. So, yeah, that's where you have to decide what you're going to do. And for me personally – I would have been more disappointed, and this is going to sound crazy, I would have been more disappointed if last weekend when I called in that double, if I would have killed them and not got them on film. I would have been more disappointed than I was, you know, getting footage and not killing them. And it's just, yeah. I don't know, I don't. that's just how I'm wired. I would I would rather get them on film um, right. and self-filming, man. That's a, that's a beast. Dude, listen, I, I'm, I'm an aspiring YouTuber. I wish I had it. I wish I had what it took to to have a sweet YouTube channel. Um, I know the places <laughs> I go, the hunts I go on, support a good YouTube channel. Like I know it could. Oh, yeah. I just do editing and and developing content and getting the content and and filming hunts. Man, that is tough, dude. Like you know, people people ask me and go, "Man, podcasting must be tough." It is tough, but I, I'm like, mm-hmm. I can do it because I've been doing it right. Um, right. I don't do a YouTube channel. I mean, I have one. Some ghetto ass. Mm-hmm. I think I have like 300 subscribers. Most, <laughs> most of our listeners like don't subscribe for a reason, you know, because it's so shitty. Right. Like, why am I going to subscribe to that go, trash? Go watch my first. Go watch my first video. You'll die. Uh, go listen, watch my first video. I'm just. It's saying, worse than anything you've ever put out. Uh, I'm just saying. I I want to put content out. If I'm going to smash dogs. I'll put that out, right? If I'm going to go out shooting my bow or shooting guns, man, I'll put that kind of stuff out. I just don't, I don't know, man. It's just one of the things. It does take, uh, it takes dedication. I mean, people don't realize, you know, 
you go watch my videos. I don't know what anybody thinks about them, but I put my heart into them. I mean, I'm editing for two hours on a video. Right. Uh, my cousin has taught me how to edit. Uh, he sat down with me because he's pushed me, wanting me to do uh, YouTube. And uh, just because, you know, I'm out there hunting, whatever, he's like, man, just take camera, take camera. Well, you know, obviously, I decide, we decided to do that. And uh, he's helped me edit, and he's taught me everything on the editing side. Uh, the last video I put out was the first video that I sat down on my personal computer and edited myself. And man, it took you know a couple of hours, and uh, it takes a uh, it takes a dedication to do it, right? Uh, just for people to be able to watch your videos. It, it does, and you know it's crazy because when you compare it to like, there's everybody that has a YouTube channel, you got to edit. Like yeah, you you can't free flow a YouTube channel. I don't think, right? I mean, not anymore because other people are willing to put the time in to edit. And if you're not willing to put the time in to edit, people aren't going to watch you. Um, you know, you have to be willing to make a you know the best video possible. People don't people don't want to see shaky footage and they don't want to see you know lackluster transitions where it doesn't make sense you get what i'm saying yeah yeah absolutely Uh, people people i mean we've we're all snobs i mean what do you you watch the best you watch the best content you can you know like the hunting public they're incredible their editing's great uh they make you feel like you're right there in the sand you know on Mm -hmm. in the woods with them yeah Uh, and that's what people that's what people want to watch and i don't do a good job at it but i try no, you do a great job at it, dude. And um, let me tell you something: the hunting, the hunting public, and hushing, and hunting fool, and the mountain project. All these guys that have badass mm-hmm. channels they they all they all started where you started for sure. And then not only that, right. man. At a certain point, these guys became big enough to either supplement their day jobs to the point where it's like they're putting like hours and hours and hours into this stuff because it's financially rewarding, or they pay somebody to do it. Right, you know, that, so yeah. that, that that's why all of that stuff, and then they then they hire professional camera guys to follow them around. You know what I mean? So it's like mm-hmm. everyone's got to start somewhere, and and it's crazy. Oh, yeah. I I kind of like a how do I say it? So like if you look at MMA, like mixed martial arts, what it is today mm-hmm. compared to what it yeah. was when I used to fool around with it when I was you know a, a kid. Um, yeah, like you know the kids now are so well rounded, like. I watched a video. My old my old manager sent me a video. He's out in Arkansas and he's putting on fights out there. He sent me some kids fighting, and uh, they're seventeen years old, right? And there was an amateur mm-hmm. scrap, and uh, the, these kids would. There's no fucking way, dude, that I would ever held a candle to these kids at seventeen years old. Right. And these kids are just right. fucking insane, man. Insane. And that's the same thing. That's the same thing with coyote hunting or with YouTube, whatever. Somebody is going to be better than you. Yeah, you know, uh, so you got to give it your all. I yeah. mean, that's the way I've looked at, you know, trying to edit my channel, edit my videos, because I don't, you know, yeah. somebody is going to do it better. They're going to kill more cops than you, and they're going to put uh, put better videos out. So, yeah. you know, you got to you gotta try and bring your A game. You do. And that's why I don't put out I don't put out a video every week because I can't support it, you know. Right. The last cops I killed, you know, I've, I haven't got to go out a ton. The last cops I killed, was you know a month ago so uh, i'm not going to put out a video of nothing i feel like quality content is better than no content it is so, no you're, you're hitting uh, it quality right content is better than you know what i mean yeah exactly and now and to be honest you're competing you're competing with kids 
that have grown up with a camera in their face for the last 10 years. Right. I ain't kidding. That was the hard part too is, you know, getting comfortable. Yeah. You know, I mean, imagine talking to a mirror. That's hard to do. It is. It's crazy. My little niece, she's four years old. Right. And my mom, Mm -hmm. she doesn't know what any of this stuff is, but she watches YouTube Mm -hmm. and my mom will like videotape her jumping in her kiddie pool. Right. And she'll be talking about her little YouTube channel that she thinks she has, right? Like hair, it's yeah. called like hair and makeup for so-and-so, right? And like, yeah. and it's, she thinks it's hers and she's like, so, I don't know, man, there's no hesitation with a camera in her face. We're like, you put a camera in my face. I'm like choking up. Uh, uh, you know what I mean? Right. It's wild, right. man. So it, it's, you know, yeah. I applaud you it for what you do. Takes a lot of get used to. Yeah. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Definitely. I went, what I found is just try to be real, and uh, you know I want that to come across. I don't. Uh, my first, you know, I, like I said, my first video is hilarious to go back and watch. Um, but I've I've gotten comfortable enough, and um, you know, just putting out stuff that people want to see, and just trying to be relatable, and just showing the real side of it. Right. Uh, because, like you said earlier, I am a dad, got a two year old. Um, I have a stay at home wife, so you know I got to provide for family and. Whenever I get to get out on the weekends, it's usually just one day on the weekend before they wake up. So right. um, I try and put, you know, I try and put my experiences out in the woods on YouTube for for people to see. Yeah, absolutely, dude. It, well, I like mm-hmm. I said, man, I appreciate it. Real quick, man, let's uh, let's talk about some more stuff real fast. Um, oh, you're fine. It's summertime, right? Mm-hmm. So, what what are you starting your sequence off in the summer? So earlier in the summer, I was just, so earlier in the summer, I go with just triggering sounds. I would start out with, uh, I would start out with pup sounds. Mm-hmm. So what I generally, so we're with MFK now, uh, they sponsor the channel. So I would start out with, let's see, go to my pup sounds, here, I got my remote. So I would start out with like a five week boon pup and I would let that play for probably three minutes and it just sounds like a you know a, a small pup that's kind of getting harassed a little bit i'd let that play for three to four minutes pause it then i would stage it up and what what you're just trying to do is trigger that coyote you're not really trying to create a scenario like you do in the fall you know in the fall and the winter you're playing that howl then that that rabbit that's dying then maybe a little bit of pup or some fights over top of that rabbit you know you're playing that scenario with well, this I'm just trying to trigger a coyote. So I stage my sounds. I start with a five week, move up to maybe a, a six or a nine week, end up on a 16 week. If nothing shows there, uh, I'll generally go into a pup fight or a, uh, like a den attack of some sort. Right. Uh, now, now here in July, I'm starting off with a howl. Uh, my favorite, one of my favorite uh, MFK house is the uh, Boone Lone Wine House. Mm-hmm. Man, it gets cows to light up. I don't, I don't know why. It's just got like a different pitch to it. Uh, when I take it out, I mean, it's what I locate cows with. It's what I play when I'm starting to stand right now. Uh, generally, you can get a pack if they're close to light up to it. And then if, if a pack does light up, I'm moving straight to. Uh, I'll probably respond with like a mom and pup uh, serenade. Yeah, and then. Uh, if you know, if nothing howls back to that, I'm going straight. If they've howled and they're within 200 yards, I'm going straight in the pup sound, uh, just to get their feet moving, just yeah. to get them headed towards me. Right. I'm going into a pup fight, a den smash, den attack, uh, or something, you know, something like that. Now, if if nothing howls, I'm probably going to go into a softer pup sound. Okay. Um, so if nothing howls, I'm going to take that as either 
not, you know, it's miss a coyote or somebody's not really interested. I'm going to go into a softer pup sound, like one of those five weeks or nine week pups. Right. Um, but if they respond, I'm going pretty aggressive. I'm going into a pup fight or a, uh, like table scratch or something like that. Okay. And that, and you, that's just, what I would do. That's what you do in the summertime. Yeah. Cause that, in I would, the summertime, you're not going to catch me playing a, uh, a parade of stress. I will play uh deer steak. I'll play some deer sounds. Cause I mean, it's the perfect time to be playing some fawn sounds. Right. But you're not going to catch me playing a rabbit. I'm saving that rabbit for the fall. For the fall. Yeah, man. I, I have mm-hmm. not been really touching the prey distress. I've been running, um, like a lone howl, like a long, that's great. You know, it's the, the mm-hmm. coyote male lone howl just, just to pop mm-hmm. it off, and, and I'll run that for, like you said, a couple minutes, and then uh, I'll mm-hmm. stop, I'll wait five minutes, and then I'll do, and it's, it's my favorite call is pup screams, right? But I do mm-hmm. pup in distress, number three, on the Fox Pro. And pup, yeah, the pup three is killer. Yeah, pup three, right? And I'll run that for anywhere from seven to ten minutes on full mm-hmm. blast, man, like on 20. I, I got the hammer jack too, right? So, the, I mean, the volume sequences mm-hmm. are different on every call, but I'll run that full blast, right. man. And um, after 10 minutes, nothing comes in. That's 13 minutes on a stand. I'll stop for a few minutes, and then I'll do pup screams, full blast for five minutes. Nothing comes in. I'll drop it down to half volume and run that out for as long as I want to stay, right? And then yeah. generally, man, they're all coming in on pup screams, and I've noticed that. They're all blasting in on pup screams. And so I think a lot of it is the changing of the frequency. I don't, like I said, I don't think it's the scenario based. I think it's, you know, changing that frequency of pup that triggers them to come in. You think so? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's a lot like, uh, you know, do you turkey on a lot? If you have, you know, when, uh, if you watch a Tom, you know, when he's just like committed, when you've triggered his brain, right. whether it's by fanning him or calling, like there's nothing you can do to stop him from coming in. Right. I think right. staging, uh, I think this, like right now in the summer, staging those sounds is uh, kind of a cheat code. Just yeah. Don't be afraid to start with a, you know, play three or four different pup sounds. Right. Well, I can tell you. I don't what, think there's man. any order. Oh, you don't. I was just going to say that. I was just going to say, man, I think that's like the order that it's going. I, but if you don't think it's the yeah, order. I think then. you could play. I think you could play it uh, reverse. You know, I don't, I don't know if it really matters. I could be wrong. Now also I'm going off of just, you know, some advice that, uh, some guys have told me, but I found that the order doesn't really matter. You know, if you play a, a 16 week and then a five week pup, you know, I don't, I think just that changing triggers their brain. I don't think, you know, they're going to sit back and be like, yo, why is that cow just get younger? You know what I mean? Right. I feel like it's just like it triggers their brain to think what's going on. Right. So they got to go check it out. I can tell you right now that the difference in like late fall winter hunting compared to summertime hunting, um, the dogs in the summertime, these yotes are coming in, and they're literally hitting my call. Oh, yeah. They are coming in just full sprint. Boom, they're bombing in. And it, it's like uh, mm-hmm. it's different because in the in the fall and the wintertime, man, these dogs, they come in, and they're, like, more cautious. You know, you can get them coming in. I had a couple dogs last year coming in hot. But, like, most of them would come in, and they want to, like, know where it's coming from before they come in. Like, they're, they're more I apt. I feel like to downwind me you know that are more apt to circle me in the fall um it seems like when they're play, when they're hearing that prey distress from my experience when they're hearing prey distress their first thing is i gotta get downwind because i feel like you know a rabbit in tall grass they're they're not gonna see it if it's in rocks they're not gonna see it so i feel like the first thing a coyote wants to do in the fall when it's hearing that cottontail or jackrabbit whatever you're playing the first thing it wants to do is get downwind in the summer it's hearing that pup screen 
I think the first thing it wants to do is see it. Right, right. Makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Because if you see, if pups are out there fighting, you would see them. If a rabbit's over in a ditch dying, you're not going to, you know, you might not see it. Right. Because how often do you walk right up on a rabbit and it just jumps up and startles you, you know? Right. Uh, You can't see them from far. So I feel like in the fall, winter, they're definitely going to try and, you know, get get downwind first. Yeah, it's a... It's so crazy how much how much the learning curve is when calling dogs, man. It's mm-hmm. it's wild, and that's just one thing that I've picked up on quite a bit. Is that those dogs oh, when they come in in the summertime, like right now, when they're coming in, they're coming in. Like I've always oh, yeah. wanted, to, I've always wanted to arrow one on the ground, right? Like oh, not yeah. out of retreat, but yeah. just like doing a typical stand with my bow. I want to like sit with my bow, mm-hmm. but right now, man, it yeah. would be so hard to stop these dogs when they come in, man, because they're coming in so it's- fast. Man, that last double I called in last weekend or whatever, uh, those coyotes were like, so I don't brush in at all. Like, I sit in a, a tall chair with my tripod right beside me, you know, my bipod out, everything. I sit out, you know, just, I sit with a backing, you know, in the woods line or whatever, but I'm not like brushed in or in a leafy suit. I just wear a t shirt and uh, pants. So I call those coyotes in. After they run through the field, go back up in the woods, I keep playing pups. These cows have seen me, and one of them comes out of the woods, runs directly at me, gets to within probably seven or eight yards of me, and then bolts. Like, is running at me. Whoa. So, like you said, in the summer, yeah, in the summer, they're just stupid. Like, they're just not stupid, but they commit so much harder than they do in the winter. Yeah. You'll have hard chargers in the winter, but I don't know. It's like the territory stuff. Because, I mean, you know, a rabbit dying is not really a territorial issue. Right. Um, I feel like when you're playing those pup screens, uh, especially if you mix in some of some adult growls or something, right. uh, it triggers their uh, it triggers them to where like they almost aren't leaving because those cows. I played with them for 40 minutes. They left. I could see them leaving, and I played the same how I started with. Them jokers ran back within probably 70 yards of me in the woods and just started booger barking at me. No, dude, that's what happened when I called that that triple in. That two of them, mm-hmm. two of them left completely, man. And I was like, man, I wonder if I can get them back. And that one just sat there, like, I don't know, 150 yards, and just barked at me the whole time, just barked. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if I had my two, two, three, I think would have been dead, you know. But yeah. That's what yeah. happens when you run yeah. around with a shotgun. Man, see that? I'm not a shotgun guy. I don't, I don't like to run one at all. But I wish I had one on that stand. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm the firm believer. I'm a firm believer that a rifle can make any shot. A uh, a shotgun can, a shotgun can't make any shot, a rifle can. Uh, that bit me. But also, too, I mean, they would have been dead if I wasn't trying to film. Self-film. But, if well, I had that, a cameraman, it would have been easy. Yeah, there you go. You know, that's what I'm saying, man. When you film it, it just complicates everything, man. They stop, but they're running 25 miles an hour through a field. So when they stop, okay, I got to reach over, get my camera on it. Yep. Now I'm back on it. Well, they take off again. Mm-hmm. You know, the call's muted. They take off and they start circling again. Yeah. Uh, if I had a cameraman there, I mean, do that video would have went crazy it'd have been sweet that's what yeah me and my buddies were starting to talk about like oh one of us just needs to be on the camera the whole time if we're gonna try to film you know yeah i will say that is a uh i guess i couldn't do any of this without painter he uh he's i offer him to run the gun whatever he's like nah man he's like i know how to run the camera i'll just run the camera i mean he knows how to run a gun too but uh he's like i know how to run the camera he's like i don't care who shoots it he's like i just want to you know i just want to get a video out and uh you know he's having that cameraman definitely helps yeah then but when you do cell film too i mean there's no better high than cell film than a pair of coyotes coming oh yeah if you, you get it on camera that's a, that's a good one dude 
That's crazy. crazy. Well, mm-hmm. what um, what are your favorite calls, real quick, man? And then, all right. So last year, before I was even with MFK, um, last year I started all of my fall stands um, with the uh, with the female loan, uh, the female invitation house. I, but I would run it as a loan house. Uh, the difference between an invitation alone is like an invitation house, you just let it play out and, you know, it's a cow howl in there for three or four minutes. What I would do is just let it howl maybe once, come back down, howl again, and then pause it and then wait for rabbit. So I love starting out with the MSK loan howl, but right now I'm hooked on, uh, I'm hooked on playing the Boone loan howl. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's crazy. KG Cottontail is my favorite rabbit sound of all time. Uh, I've killed so many coyotes off of it. Pup three is insane. Everybody's got it, so you got to be careful when you use it. Pup three is super good. Um, the uh, den smash and den attack table scraps from MFK pound town from MFK is crazy. Right. Uh, those are like a you know a fight sound, but uh, I've only ever ran a Fox Pro. Fox Pro comes loaded with plenty of. Uh, you know, they, they come loaded with enough sounds to kill every cow in the country. Oh, yeah. Um, so there's so, so much good stuff out there. Um, female Sorehouse, Koi Female Sorehouse, that's probably got to be one of the best uh, female house ever recorded. Uh, it kills a lot of cows, too. So. Right, right. I'll tell you what, man. Some of those, those are great. Dude, the, the MFK calls, I, I want to get my controller loaded up with them. I just do. Man, you got to get in there. I'm telling you, it'll change everything yeah i i want to i'm finna but, i'm finna switch my uh my e-caller up matter of fact i like i said i run that hammerjack too has two speakers mm-hmm. on it it's cool you can't run two calls at once like two sounds at once mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um i feel like if this is ran its course and and obviously i'll continue to keep it and and smash dogs mm-hmm. with it but man i think i want like an x-wave or something you know so I ran the Fusion, which is basically, it's old. Uh, I ran the Fusion all last year and killed cows with it, but you can, it's got that Fusion feature on it. And if you don't have the Fusion feature, I would definitely look at getting a call it does. The X24, uh, the X-Wave is huge. It's really big. I've got the field pack or whatever from Fox Pro to carry it around. Right. Uh, it makes it nice because I can hook my chair to it and I can carry my, I can hook my gun in the little strap or whatever. So that makes it nice. Uh, the X-Wave is a dirty call. It is big, but uh, I mean the X24, man, that's a that's a great one. The X24 and X2X, one of those you can it has the fusion feature. I'm not sure. I think it might be the X2S. If because since you run the X Wave, um, if you could switch it up, would you like get X24? No, no. you'd keep the X Wave. No, yeah, the X Wave's the uh, I could trade it to X24 tomorrow. I wouldn't do that. Right, I love my X Wave. Yeah, see, I, I, I'm pretty sure the X-Wave is exactly what I'm going to end up pulling. I mean, I know it's pricey, but, I mean, you get what you pay for. Yeah, you do. And uh, the way I look at it is the X-Wave has all the options all the other ones do. You know, it's got two of the X-Series speakers on it. You can always turn one off if you don't want to. And also, it's a 40-stage volume. So, I mean, you can start off at zero and move all the way up to 40. So, uh, to me, it's got every feature that I could want. It has diffusion on it. Uh, like I said, downside, it's heavy, but I've got that scout pack that's literally like a backpack that you can put the call in. It's got, you know, it's designed for the X-Wave. Uh, so, no, I if I I wouldn't switch off the X-Wave. I'll have it until 
I'm sure they'll come out with something else I'll want, but I'll run the X-Way for a while for sure. Right. Well, listen, man, I, uh, I appreciate you coming on this podcast. We've been ripping it for 52 minutes, man. Um, feels like five minutes. We, got we could cover, we could cover tons of stuff. Dude, tons of stuff. I'm actually, it's funny, you know, last time we were talking, you know, you're like, come on out and bang dogs. And I'm like, yeah, man, Absolutely. I think, I think it's going to happen possibly January. Um, I think you got that, the invite, brother. You holler at me, dude. I think it would be super fun to roll out there. I'll be out on the on the East Coast right around that time, anyway. So it's like might as well just swing on mm-hmm. through for a few days. Yeah, you got a spot here, man. I'll try and put you on some some Kentucky coyotes. They're uh, I don't know what what's how, how big are coyotes y'all got out there? Uh, I don't I don't know, man. I I whiffed one in the fall last year that I swear was sixty pounds, but I don't think so. It was just its coat. Uh, they're like yeah, he's 30, 30 pounds. They're not very big. Thirty pounds. Yeah, they're not big. That's I mean, what I've 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 seen that they're you know thirty thirty five pounds out there. I mean it's not you know you can get up in the forties here. I've seen some cows that you know holding them up to my I'm on I'd say I'm probably like five ten five eleven uh, holding the cows up by the foot. You know their back foot is up at my head and their front feet are you know touching the, you know almost touching the ground. We've, we've got some decent i know the easterns are quite a bit bigger it seems like well i can tell you this much the dogs that are going down out here depending on where you shoot them depends on their size if you're dumping them in the desert <laughs> those little scraggly fuckers they're, they're not yeah. really heavy at all you know but you get some of these urban dogs yeah dude they're munching cats every night you know they're big oh yeah yeah that's the way it is here too just depending on the farms like uh me and my father-in-law won a uh, big dog tournament a couple years back i think the probably we killed like 43 pounds or something Dude, oh, wow. it's just a unit of a guy. It's just a unit. I mean, it looks like a wolf out there. Yeah, that's big. That that's crazy. That's real big. Well, mm-hmm. listen, dude. Um, we'll get you on again for sure, man. Uh, this is a oh, one time deal, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. we'll go from there. But, dude, if you don't got nothing else to add, I know you got things to tend to. I got things to tend to. Let's wrap this one yeah. up. You got anything else? If you're going out coyote hunting, play your wind. Uh, I, the wind walking in is more important now it's more important or just as important as when you're actually on stand pay attention at wind it's everything uh, if you'll don't hunt the wind directly in your face make sure you're hunting across wind make sure you can always see downwind um, have your patience you do that you'll kill a lot of cows perfect dude that that those are good tips right there man um real quick dude blast off your social media accounts let's try to get you some followers and, and let all my guys know so maybe they'll uh start taking a peek at you yeah, man, I appreciate you letting me uh, be here. So uh, it's on everything. It's on stand videos. It's YouTube, uh, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, uh, on stand videos, just like you'd be on stand coyote hunting. So uh, pretty easy to find. Uh, you'll see my ugly mug holding the coyote up. Well, perfect, dude. All my uh, all the listeners, make sure you check him out. Get get this down and, and um, pay attention to this one, dude. This was a good one, man. I appreciate you coming on, dude. That's it. Appreciate you, Brandon. Thanks for having me. All right, bro. Hold on, okay? Don't hang up. I'm just going to do the exit. Gotcha.